0: For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text drive to 94,000. Hope you enjoy the message. How's everybody doing good? Good. Hey Jacob, how how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for asking. Hey, nice to see you. Good. Just a few. That's okay, though. So I am hyped to be here. Is anybody else excited to be here tonight? Yeah, got some hands raised. Sweet, sweet, sweet. I got a question for everybody. How many of you have had to share a room with a sibling growing up? Raise your hand. I with two of my siblings. OK. Here, put your hands down. Put your hands down. How many of you are currently sharing a room with a sibling? OK. I'm not doing that to embarrass you. It's OK. I was someone who grew up sharing a room with my sibling. So you guys, you guys are awesome, sharing a room with your sibling. Um, I feel bad for you, but I also, I, I feel it, okay, I'm sorry, it's not fun, yes, yeah, right, exactly, they never do, so I say I'm sorry, because like I said, I shared a room with my brother growing up, my younger brother, he was two years younger than me, and him and I couldn't be more polar opposite. Like, if you really get to know me, yes, I will talk to you, and I'm kind of social. But for the most part, I'm quiet. I like to keep to myself. I stay up late. But he was the opposite. He was someone who was loud. He was messy. It just drove me insane. He was always in trouble. And that meant if he was in trouble, they were coming to my room, too, to come yell at him. So I'm sitting in there like, I didn't do anything this time, right? But no. So... It wasn't fun. I couldn't stand it. Him and I, we got along okay, but we were brothers. We fought. And it just wasn't a lot of fun to share a room with him. And to be honest, I was praying every day that I would get moved out of that room or maybe moved out of the house, like just somewhere away. And from my own experience, like just think about it. Like when you're sharing a room with somebody or just sharing a space with somebody, if you're a neat person and they're messy, It's a disaster. Like, it's terrible for you. Or if you like to go to sleep early, but they like to stay up and play video games really late, like, that's difficult. Like, you're like, dude, go to bed. I'm tired. Or if you want to listen to hip-hop music while you're getting ready in the morning, but they love country music, that stinks. That really stinks. Yeah, I know there's earbuds, but sometimes when you're getting ready, you just like to pop it on the speaker. You want everyone to hear it. Like... Yeah, I could do that, I guess. But see, I hate country music. My brother loved country music. I hate it. I think it's the worst music that's ever existed. So when I woke up in the morning, he wanted to play country music. And like I said, he got up a little earlier than me, so he got to play what he wanted. But I remember when I was younger, dreaming of my family moving into a bigger house, moving in to a space that I could actually have my own room. I was dreaming of them turning our office into my bedroom so I could have a room of my own. I was like, you guys don't need an office, right? Like, just let me have my own room. And eventually they did cave, but that's not what we're getting at right now. So maybe, maybe you're thinking, maybe you feel the same way about your room situation. Like those of you who raised your hand that you currently share a room or you did in the past, maybe you feel the same way. Like you're just ready to get out. Or maybe it's something completely else that you're thinking about maybe you're thinking oh I can't wait to have a car of my own so I can go where I want when I want whenever I want or maybe you're thinking I can't wait to go on a trip with one of my friends whenever I get older you know the parents will finally let me go on a trip with my friends or maybe you're thinking I can't wait until I'm old enough to move out and just have a dorm or an apartment of my own, like just my own space. I get to claim it for myself. It's all me, nobody else. Part of part of being your age and part of growing up is this whole idea of becoming your own person, right? Like you're learning how to develop hobbies of your own, a style of your own. You have thoughts about your future that are your own. They're different from your friends or your parents or your siblings. And at the same time, part of growing up is developing a personal faith of your own. It's not about having this this counterfeit faith of copying someone else. And we talked about that last week where we introduced this series of what counterfeit faith looks like. And part of growing up is developing that own faith, your own personal faith. So with that in mind, I want to clear one thing up. What I'm not saying is that a faith of your own equals a faith on your own. So don't think of it that way. A faith of your own is not a faith on your own. I'm not saying that you don't go to tribe, you don't show up for tribe groups, you stop listening to sermons, you skip church altogether because you need to develop your own faith and quit listening to other people. That's not at all what I'm saying. Experiencing faith for yourself isn't the same as experiencing faith by yourself. So what I am saying is that there there is time, and there is a time in everyone's life, in every mature person's life, where they go from believing what someone else says, believing what someone else has told them, or copying what someone else does, to kind of having your own faith, having a faith of your own, a faith that's personal to you. See, having a faith of your own, it doesn't mean that you never listen to anybody else. It doesn't mean that you completely shut out everything. In fact, if you want to have a solid faith, like if you want to have a really, really good personal faith, you need to involve other people maybe even more than you think. Like other people are important to how we grow our own faith. When I was was younger, I... I knew a lot of older people that were Christians. That was about the only people that I really, really knew who were Christians. You know, my parents, my grandparents, my parents' friends. That was my example of what a Christian looked like. But that was until I met this guy who was a little older than me when I was a freshman in high school. His name was Landon. We played on the same baseball team together. And this guy totally changed how I saw my faith. He made faith seem like bigger and better and more interesting than it ever had to me. It seemed real with him because he was living it himself. It was his own personal faith. I wanted to be just like him. I was like, man, if I could be just like Landon, then I could be a great Christian. So he was the first cool Christian that I had ever met. guys know what I'm talking about, like a cool Christian, because sometimes there are weird Christians. We know. It's okay. We don't have to act like they don't exist, but he was the first cool Christian that I had ever met, and I wasn't just trying to copy his version of being a Christian, but he showed me how I could start to live it for myself. See, there were other people along the way, too, who they helped me develop my own faith. They talked to me about what faith looked like in school and dating relationships, and in really difficult situations that you have to go through when you're in middle school and high school. See, I can easily look at those relationships, and I can see how God used those people, used those relationships to really help me develop a faith of my own. And this is true for almost anybody who has a faith of their own. Ask a leader, ask TiVo, if they have a faith of their own, They weren't just copying someone else's, but they learned from people around them, and they had people who influenced them. They have a faith that they live out for themselves because they saw other people doing the same thing. So whenever you hear a story about someone's journey toward God, like you always hear about a relationship, not just with God, but with another person. Maybe maybe you've experienced this yourself. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe your journey has involved someone who invited you to church. Maybe your your journey is someone who invited you here tonight, or someone who's invited you to tribe in the past, or small groups, or just a Christian club at school. Maybe it was someone who helped change the way that you think about God. See, this could be someone who impacted you with just one conversation, or maybe a series of conversations over time. Maybe it was someone who you just watched and observed and saw how they lived out their life. You saw that they lived different. They just looked different than the people around you. So to put it simply, and what I'm trying to get at, is the people around us, they affect our faith. They affect our faith every single day. That's something that's true both in a positive way and in a negative way. So just like the right people can move our faith in the right direction. We have to be careful because the wrong people can move our faith in the wrong direction. And you've probably seen this happen. You've probably seen it happen with maybe a friend of yours, someone that you've seen, that they used to be all about their faith. They used to be really, really into it. You looked up to them, you're like, man, that guy gets it. Then they started hanging out with maybe a different crowd, right? Different people. And it's not that they became a bad person all of a sudden, they're not bad people, but it's just obvious that their friends are kind of pulling them away from their faith. But here are the big questions with this. Like when we look at this idea of people affecting our faith, here are the big questions. So if the people around us, they have a huge impact in our lives and on our faith, then how, how do we find the right people? How do we find the right people who can help us? And secondly, how do we prevent ourselves from being affected by the wrong people? These are are questions that we have to ask ourselves if we really want a faith of our own. How are the people, how do we find the right people, and how do we stay away and not let the wrong people affect our faith? So I'm gonna start by by sharing this, this ancient piece of wisdom with you. In ancient cultures, these books were written that they contained nothing but just knowledge, wisdom, good advice, knowledge. And in Jewish culture, those sayings were collected into a book that we know as Proverbs today. And even though the advice is old and it's ancient, like I said, it still applies today. It's still really, really, really relevant. It's relevant in our lives, and we can use it every day. And what it says is in Proverbs 13.20, Walk with the side and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. So if I were to pick a verse for every young person to memorize, like a young person who's maybe you're about to start high school, like this verse is one that you need to nail down. Like think about it. Like you don't have to be a Christian even for this verse to be useful to you. Like that's how effective and real this verse is. It's true. For everyone, Like, the people that you choose to spend your time around, they're going to affect your life. The people that you willingly choose to put around you are going to be the ones that affect your life. So if you hang out with the wise, you'll become smarter, and you're going to do life better. But if you hang out with fools, you're going to get hurt. And that's just the truth of it. So we can all think of, like, just think of a celebrity, like a young celebrity that you kind of watched grow up. You know, they started at like 15, 16, 17 years old, whatever it may be. And they seemed like they were on a good path. Like they got famous, and they seemed like they're good, and they're great, and it seems cool. Then, all of a sudden, things start to happen. Things start to go downhill for them in their lives. And if you watch any type of documentary on their life, years later, they almost always say the same exact thing. They say, we just, we started surrounding ourselves with the wrong people. I put foolish people around me. I had people around me who didn't put boundaries up. They didn't help me. It was just bad people that I put around myself. See, and the Apostle Paul talks about a similar idea when he wrote to the church in Corinth. He says, he's, he's talking about this, f- this church full of people. It's a church that they all decided they were going to follow Jesus. This this big church full of people who were Jesus followers. But they were having a really hard time giving up the not-so-great things that they had been doing before they decided to follow Jesus. The things that the people around them in their surrounding towns continued to do every day. The people that they were kind of associating with, too. So Paul says this. He says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And here's what Paul's saying. He says, if you want to move in a better direction, then hang out with people who want to do the same thing. If you want to move in a better direction, then you have to put people around you who want to move in a better direction too. See, the wrong influences will impact you in ways that cause negative behaviors and outcomes. And just as, just as the person who walks with the wise will be wise, the person who walks with the fools will be foolish. And you've probably seen this happen before, maybe with your best friend, started hanging with a certain guy. Everyone knew this guy was trouble. You knew from the moment he started hanging out with him, this is not good. It's not good news. He was always doing something just not right. He didn't make good, cho- good choices, but your friend acted clueless. He's like, ah, I like the guy. He's cool. We have fun. But then what was the outcome? Think back to that. I'm willing to bet that your friend probably changed, right? This is is one of those timeless principles that's just universally true. Walk with the wise and you'll be wise. But bad company will corrupt even the best, even the best with good morals. So Jesus calls us to love everybody, right? Like That is true. We're supposed to love everybody and spend time with people who aren't like us. So I'm not saying that we don't ever talk to anyone who could be a bad influence. That doesn't mean, though, that we invite foolishness and invite foolish influences into our inner circles. Like, we don't have to date just anyone. You don't have to date anyone just because they say they like you. We don't have to trust just everyone's advice. Just because they come to you with advice doesn't mean it's advice you have to follow. But see, this isn't just negative. It's equally as true for, like, people who are good influences. Back to the book of Proverbs, it says this. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So if you know anything about knives, it's kind of boring. But if you know anything about knives, when they, get, they get dull when they get used over time. They don't cut as well. You, could, you can try to cut something with it, but it takes way more effort than it did when you first bought the knife. And if you want to sharpen it, the best way to do it is you have to get a stronger piece of metal, and you strike the two of them against each other, and these two metals together, they make that knife sharper. They bring it to a sharper point where it can be used, and it's better. And this is, this is all true when it comes to, like, the people around us, too. Like, strong friends... They make us stronger. Strong friends make us sharper and better at whatever we're doing, including our faith. See, they help us develop a faith that's authentic, that's less counterfeit. They, they help us actually feel like we're doing it for ourselves, and they want you to grow, and they want to see you become the best version of yourself. But this only happens... And it can only happen when the real us shows up, when the real you shows up in that relationship. So we all know what it looks like to bring, like, a counterfeit version of ourselves somewhere, right? We know what it's like to, to like, talk in a way or act in a way that is not who we really are, but it's just we need it to fit in, right? And this is really tempting whenever we're at church. It can be so tempting to bring a counterfeit version of ourselves into church. And this is true for adults just as much as it's true for middle schoolers and high schoolers. See, there's always this temptation to act like we have it all together, to act like we have no problems, that we don't need to grow. We're already there. Like, we don't need help. We don't come and ask anybody for anything because we're bringing in a counterfeit version of ourselves Because we don't want to admit that we might have issues, we might have failures, that we might not be all the way there yet. So then the real us, it misses out on a chance to be sharpened and to get stronger. And sometimes then our faith feels less real. Our faith doesn't feel real because we are being less real. But the good news is that the opposite of this is just as true. So when you show up as your real, authentic, just real self, these authentic conversations that you have with your friends or a leader, like God uses those to actually make your faith stronger, to grow you, to give you a more real, personal faith, but can only happen if you show up and bring the real you. So in other words, like real faith grows with other people, and this is This is why coming together in a place like this is, like, so important. Like, if you were here last Sunday, you heard TiVo say, like, if you see someone in this, or you don't see someone in this room who you usually see in this room, you need to invite them. Like, reach out to them. It's so important that we make sure all of our friends are here. Like, take a second right now. Like, right now, take a second and look around the room. And think for a minute, like, who do you see missing? Who that you usually see here isn't here? And we have more people here tonight than we did last week, and that's great. And I'm so excited for that. But there are more people out there who need to feel the love of God and need to be here with you guys in community. See, I, I know some people are out for reasons that they can't help, and that's okay, but some people, they just stop showing up. They're not here anymore. And we can't forget about them. We can't write them off. We can't act like, well, they don't exist anymore. They quit showing up. Who cares? See, these people, we, me and Tebow can ask as many people to show up to church, and there's only so much that we can do. Like, we, our, your leaders can ask people. We all can try. But the real people who make movement, Cause things, to really start moving is you guys. The people who really make a difference are each and every one of you. So let's make a pact together. Can we do that? Can we make a pact? Does anybody like packs? Yeah? You like the packers? A pact? A promise. We're going to make a promise. So if you know someone who just isn't coming to tribe anymore, Let's make a pact now that we'll reach out to them sometime in the next week or so. Not in an accusatory way, not in a, where have you been, I can't believe you quit coming to tribe, but in a loving way. Maybe you send them a text and you say something like, hey, I miss you at tribe, man. You should come with me this Sunday. It'll be fun. You don't have to use those exact words. I know I'm dorky, but just send something to them that is loving and shows that you actually care about them and who they are. In that video that we watch that rolls every single Sunday night, it says that we notice when you're missing, and that shouldn't be something that we just say and just memorize. We actually have to notice when they're missing, and then beyond that, when we notice they're missing, we reach out to them because that's what being a tribe is about. It's not about just showing up here and having a great time. It's about showing people the love of God and being there for them in community. So can we make that pact, that we'll reach out? Yeah? So, every time that we we meet together in a place like this, it, it provides an opportunity for us to sharpen each other, to be real with each other. So. We can challenge each other and grow together. Maybe maybe the decision to show up and be real with each other each week is like saying, like, God, I can't create these relationships on my own, but I trust that if I put myself in their pathway, that you can make change happen. So it might seem awkward and weird, but whenever we trust in God and fully lean into him, then he takes control, and at that point, we just have to be along for the ride. But trust me, this is, this is something that we all need. Like, maybe not right now, but there will come a time and there will come a point when life gets really confusing and really difficult for you. Like, maybe that's not right now for you, but one day things are going to get confusing and difficult, and there will be a time when your faith feels weak, when it feels counterfeit. And whether it's a, a big decision or a painful mess that you've got yourself in, you'll want to know that someone is just a text message away. You'll want to know that there are people who care, people who love you, and that is your tribe. That is your tribe leaders. Like every person in this room, that's what that's for. That's why one of the best things that you can do for your life and for your faith this week is to simply just be real. Just be real. And I'm not just talking about, like, physically showing up and being like, oh, I'm here. Like, maybe you need to show up mentally. Maybe you need to take a break from your phone and be all there. Maybe you need to start showing up for the people at Tribe by actually hanging out with them. Hanging out with them at school and not just when you see them at church. Maybe you've been holding back because you don't know anyone. You feel like, I don't really have that many friends, and it makes you feel uncomfortable. But if you want to grow your faith, and you actually want to take a step forward, you have to put yourself out there. And it's awkward, and it's weird, and it might not always feel like the right thing, but I promise that it is. Maybe you need some one-on-one time with somebody. Maybe you're dealing with some things that are just too difficult to figure out alone. Or maybe you really want to take your faith to the next level. like You feel like, I'm right there and I just need a little push. And you've met someone older who seems like they could help. Like, today is a great day for you to start that conversation with a tribe leader. And you could say something like, hey, I really admire the way that you intentionally live out your faith. And I could really use some of your input. I could really use some help. Like, would it be cool if maybe you and I helped me find the right next step? Or maybe you know someone who could really use some encouragement or truth spoken to them. You know it would be great if you encouraged them, but you feel like, I don't really think I'm qualified for that. Like, how am I going to encourage them? I mean, I'm just just a 16-year-old. I'm just a middle schooler. I don't really know them that well. Like, maybe your next step is just to approach that person, hang out with them, and allow God to use you. See, this isn't just about helping you, this isn't just about yourself. Just like you need a place to be real and honest, it's possible that someone else in your life needs a faith building conversation with, with you in their life. So, when you show up each week, not only do you get that kind of friendship, but you also become that kind of friend for somebody else. And maybe it's time that you pray and you ask God to open your eyes to how you can build faith in somebody else. So as we move forward with the night, I don't want you guys to miss this. Like God wants to be close to you. God wants to feel real to you. God wants to be personal with you, each and every one of you. See, that's why God hasn't made it complicated. Instead, God put people around you to help you grow and develop a personal, authentic faith of your own. See, I want you to think about the relationships that draw you closer to God. Just for a minute, pick out somebody in your head, or maybe it's multiple people. These relationships that draw you closer to God. Like, who do you wish you could hang out with more because you want your faith to look like their faith? See, it's not about us copying their faith, but it's about their faith encouraging our faith to grow. So I encourage you guys to take a step. Make other people a priority in your faith journey. Because real faith, it grows with those other people. Let's pray. Lord I thank you so so much for bringing us all here tonight. I just want to pray that each person in this room would would just feel how much you want to be real to them. Would feel how much that you want them to be authentic and to have their own personal faith with you. I pray that as we go forward with our weeks Lord that you would give them the confidence that they need to step out a little bit. Maybe get out of their comfort zone and ask somebody to come to church with them. Maybe ask somebody how they can help them, how they can pray for them. Or maybe they want to take that next step in their faith and they ask a tribe leader, "What what can I do to move forward? I pray that you would give them the confidence in that. And I pray that you would just bless the people who aren't here, that you would put a fire on their hearts to bring them back. And I just pray over this whole community that we would we would come together as a tribe and as a community that would just love each other and show each other the love of God each and every day. And it wouldn't just be whenever we walk through the doors at church, but it would be at school, it would be on sports teams, it would be in our communities, wherever we are, Lord. We love you and we praise you. It's in your name that we Pray. A.